Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Move Forward Anyway podcast, featuring dream-accelerating inspiration. I'm Jeff Meyer, your host, author, entrepreneur, and coach. My goal with this podcast is to help you identify and clarify your own dream by taking wisdom from others' successes and challenges. If you're looking to take action on your dream, to make a difference doing something you love, but your fears are holding you back, then this podcast is for you. If you're interested in finding additional support, you can also check out my Dream Accelerator coaching program designed to help realize your full potential and reshape your future. As always, you can learn more about my Dream Accelerator program at jeffmeyer.org. Using my Dream Accelerating formula, heart-centered entrepreneurs can focus on their dream, name their fears, change their mindset, define their next, and move forward anyway. Well, welcome back, fellow successful dreamers. I hope that you are pursuing your dream and you're moving forward anyway with uh, your God-sized dream to make a difference in the world, all you heart-centered entrepreneurs. Thanks for joining us again for another episode. I am so excited today. I'm meeting for the first time and uh, happy to introduce you to a lovely lady uh, who's doing some great work for many years in the Minneapolis area, Kathy Bisson. Thank you so much, Kathy, for joining me on my podcast today. Welcome. I'm so I'm so happy to be here. Um, can I um, correct you on my name? It's Kathy Bisson. Bisson. It looks like a Bisson, but it's a Bisson, like a bumblebee. I appreciate your, your correction. Kathy Beeson. So it is my pleasure to meet with you this morning, Jeff. Pleasure to meet you. Um, as you said, I'm Kathy Beeson. I am uh, first and foremost a child of God. I have uh, been a nurse for 40 plus years. I love being a nurse. God created me to be a nurse. Wow. I am also a wife of David for 38 years. And a mom of two adult sons, Kyle and Jeff, and they're both married. No grandbabies at this time. People always ask about those grandbabies. <laughs> right. So, um, no, I am, I am, uh, so I wear lots of different hats. I wear, wear the nurse hat, the wife hat, the mom hat. And, and an entrepreneur, too, a, a person that has started a, a new um, initiative that has been blessing many people through many years. So are you still, are you an active uh, nurse? Are you working as a nurse currently? In Soul Care for Souls, because it is nurses that provide the hands-on care. So yes, I am an active Uh, nurse doing foot care for people. Wow. So Soul Care for Souls. Now, for those of you listening, uh, you can catch the, that, powerful name, Soul Care, S-O-L-E, for Souls, S-O-U-L-S, Soul Care for Souls. Tell me about 16 years ago, tell me about the genesis of this uh, this dream, this, this adventure that you've been on. Yeah. So about 17 years ago, when I was finishing up a Bible study, I felt very called by God to be doing something, to start something. I, I felt him changing in me or changing me. Um, and it took about six months of really steady prayer of, I hear you, Lord, but I don't hear what you're saying. I don't hear what you're calling me to. Mm. What is it? What is it? Um, and maybe I should back up a little bit. Um, you know that I'm a nurse, uh, but you also need to know that when I was a teenager, I went on vacation with my parents to East Coast, and we were in Philadelphia. So I was, you know, a little white girl from the Midwest. And in Philadelphia, it's the first time that I ever saw homelessness and how devastating it was for people living on the streets, digging through garbage cans, eating food out of garbage cans. And God broke my heart over that experience, and it stayed with me. And then there would be really interesting little odd things that would happen through my life involving feet. Like when I was 17 years old, there's this huge snowstorm. And after the snowstorm, me and a couple of my girlfriends went out to build something in the snow. And I talked to my girlfriends into building a giant foot. Hmm. 
so I actually have a picture of this foot. It it's like okay, it's like God kept showing me, yeah, okay, this is what's gonna, you know, He showed me these little things through life, and um, so to be a nurse, always I was created to be a nurse. I love being a nurse, and to help people going through their homelessness experience. Oh, I I just knew that I wanted to do something. Um, so as I was finishing this Bible study. And I just felt him calling me for something, calling me. And, and I found that many times during the night, between two and three in the morning, he would wake me up and he'd have something on my heart, um, whether it was, you know, a family member or something at work or whatever it was, something globally, there would be something. And I learned, well, I can lay awake here and I can think about this or I can pray about it and go back to sleep. Mm. I truly felt God training me to listen to him and to be in communion with him and mm. to communicate and to listen. I think there was a training period in there where he was really working with me. And it was at middle of the night one night that I woke up to foot care. And I thought, yes, foot care for the homeless. And that was like three o'clock in the morning. And I was up for the day because I knew that I had just received the answer to my prayer. So I thought I would volunteer in someone else's program. So I set out looking for that program. And I couldn't <laughs> find one, couldn't find one, couldn't find one. I found one in Atlanta, Georgia. And, really? and I thought, fine. And it, this is like a couple months going on here because it was like in October when he said, revealed to me home foot care for people homeless. And it was, it was like in January that I finally reached out to this guy in, in Atlanta and said, can I just ask you some questions about how you started this? What? And I told him what I was thinking of doing. And he said, sure, sure. And you have to know, before I made that phone call, I just prayed, Lord, if I'm on the right track, please let this conversation go well. If I'm not supposed to do this, then just close the door. So I call this guy and we're talking and he keeps referring to this website. And I said, Dan, I don't know what website you're talking about. And he said, well, the one where you found my name. And I said, I found your name on the church's website that you're the coordinator. And he said, no, no, no. I have another website, how to start your own foot care clinic for homeless men and women. What? God knows me. He knows oh. I need a two by four up the side of the head to get the message. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. That is such a great story. Yep. So I started and, and then, then there's just so many God moments through all of this and how naive I am in starting this. So I'm with my Bible study group. I'm all excited. That I'm sharing what God has finally revealed to me. And like a couple of weeks later, one of my, um, fellow members brings me this big bag of towels. She said, I was cleaning out my closet. I don't need all these towels. And I figured you would need them. And, it's, and that's what started happening. People just started bringing me stuff. And at this point, yes, I'm an experienced nurse, but I don't know foot care. But yet he has me working at a surgery center where I know podiatrists who do surgery there. Wow. So I connected with a podiatrist and told him what I was going to be doing. And I said, can I get some tips from you? Can you give me some training? So he was extremely helpful, helped me do that. And then I said, I need to order tools. And he said, what do you need? I said, I don't know. What do I need? <laughs> so he made some recommendations and I placed the order through his office for these medical tools. Two weeks later, I go in to pick them up. And he says, so tell me again what you're going to do. So I explained that I was going to be going down to a place in South Minneapolis to provide care for people that were homeless. And he said, that's what I thought. No charge for the instruments. Oh, my goodness. And this is like over $600 worth of instruments that mm -hmm. he's just given me. So mm -hmm. that's what God kept doing. He just kept giving me things. So the day finally started, um, end of May of 2006 was the first time I provided foot care. And again, I'm going into this little spot where I don't know anybody. And I just said, Lord, again, if I'm on the right track, please, please just give me one person 
please, may I have one person today? He gave me five. Our God is an abundant God. Yeah. We ask, we ask for a little bit and he gives us so much more, so wow. much more. So that was the first care at the first site. And it was very small location or a little area in this back of this little, little store is what it was. It was a food and clothing distribution area. And I was in this little back hallway. So I had friends that offered to help me, but there was literally no space that they could come help me. Mm. So I was there by myself for about a year. And then again, I felt God calling me to start to do something more. I And I always felt this, there's going to be something more, but I didn't know what it was. I just did day at a time and see what God reveals. So I had a client come in that I had known for, you know, several months. And he was telling me about this outreach at his church. And I thought to myself, maybe we're supposed to go there and provide care. So I prayed about that. And this gentleman's name is Nathan. And his typical thing, if he was in to see me for foot care, I wouldn't see him again then for a month. He wouldn't be back into that area. So I asked God, if I'm supposed to go to this church, to this outreach area, let Nathan come in again next week and talk to me. Sure enough, there he was next week. Oh, I took soul care to this church. I met with that pastor, told him who I was, what I'd been doing. Could I come there and provide this service? And he said, sure, give it a try. And so we started at this church and there was more space. So my friends that had offered to help, they came and started helping me. And then I just looked at the numbers. Well, I could do that much by myself. I can do this much with my friends. What can we do if we really tried? But then we intentionally put together the volunteer pool and I intentionally made steps forward then to make soul care for souls, its own 501 C three. So people that were given me stuff could write it off on their taxes if they chose to. So it developed into its own 501 C three from those two sites. Then we um, grew to a couple more sites. And before the pandemic, we were at four locations Um, Now, at the point where we are right now, we're at three of the locations and a little bit modified, but we're we're able to be out there reaching and serving people again. And we only had a little little break in the action for about six weeks or so because I get kind of persistent Mm -hmm. and I saw no reason why we had to be out of there if we used proper proper, you know, masks and stuff like that. And I said, we're already medical. We're already cleaning everything. So we got back in and we were doing that, that foot care. Wow. So, I think the, uh, the fact that you're a nurse and that you have other nurses um, gives some credibility and allows you to survive this pandemic and um, build trust with the people you're serving too. That's amazing. There's so many things I want to touch on here. Um, Couple things for my listeners. Did you notice how um, Kathy talked about how listening, how how important listening is in your in your pursuit of your dream? Um, in my book that's coming out, my next book that's coming out in another couple months, I have a section I talk about. Um, li- we need to listen for inspiration before we can listen to the inspiration. It is not a it's not a passive activity to listen for inspiration. It's an intentionality. Did you notice in her story how she, in the middle of the night, actually got up and paid attention um, and, and then sought out direction from the author of her dream, the author of her, the spark that was put in her soul to provide soul care for souls. Um, that's one thing I wanted to point out. The other, the other is the ancient Chinese proverb: um, "The way is made by walking in it." Um, I, you, you guys know as you listen to this how how many of these interviews I do with entrepreneurs. Uh, do you see the theme of so many of these people who 
are making a difference in the world like Kathy, they start out before they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and God provides and God trains and God brings the right people from the, the man in Atlanta um, with that crazy website story, uh, teaching you how to actually build a, a business and, and make this thing happen. Um, I'm sure you had help uh, with the 501c3 and getting your governance. And so many people say, do I have to do that right up front? No, you did that down the road. You just got started with a batch of towels and uh, you just started helping. And then it grew and God gave you everything you needed along the way. That is so important. And then I love in your story, Kathy, thanks for letting me just kind of decompress what you've just said. Um, I love in your story how you got to a point where you started thinking bigger. You 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 thought you started thinking expansion. You started thinking scaling. Uh, you needed to scale this to help more people. You weren't satisfied with just um, that one that one place back in the hallway. And God opened up the door for that. And then the last thing I want to say is, did you notice Kathy's persistence? Um, I'm sure there were times, and I want to hear about this right now, there were times when it was overwhelming, when it felt like it was too much, and maybe where there was some doubt. Um, am I right for this? Uh, am I the one you really want me to do this? Um, and we talk about fear a lot and moving forward anyway through fear. Would you tell us a little bit about some of those moments where fear showed up like in the form of doubt or maybe discouragement or overwhelm and how you manage that, um, how you manage to move forward anyway, when those, those times um, came in. Yeah. Yeah. There was always those doubts and, you know, I'd be moving forward. Okay. So like after this story with Dan, right. So Mm -hmm. how is it that I still have doubts after that, but I managed to have a doubt after that too. And um, it's my husband and I were going to a Pulitzer Prize photography exhibit. And um, it, we, it was at a museum in Minneapolis. And we went there and it was the photographs were laid out according to um, uh, decade. So it was really jammed up around like the World War II era and everything. And I said to my husband, I'm going around the corner over there. I'll come back here later. I don't want to deal with all these people. I can't see anything. So I rounded the corner. And there on the wall was a picture of a homeless man. So I walked into this museum with doubts in my head if I was really supposed to be doing this. (laughs) I walk around this corner and I see this picture of this homeless man. Actually, he's right here. There. There he is. I have, wow. I have the photograph in my office. Yeah. So um wow. I, I looked at that and I thought, oh, and I just got overwhelmed. And then I looked at the caption underneath, and it was taken in Philadelphia. And I just about fell on my knees when I read wow. that. It was <laughs> Uh, I have to tell you, if you feel overwhelmed and like you shouldn't be doing it, just talk to God and he will assure you mm, in really profound ways sometimes. Yeah, that yeah. that just rocked me to the core there. That that was the thing that really told me, yep, and we've been working on this for a long time, Kathy, is God talking to me. You know, it started as a kid. You wanted to be a nurse. I brought this homelessness into your life. You became a nurse. You've got all these experiences. It's just like you said, I have been preparing you for this all your life. Yes. Yes. And as the different, you know, I worked in a hospital for 20 years. I worked at a surgery center. So I learned other things like protocols mm-hmm. and procedures and mm-hmm. all that stuff that nurses don't like to do, but we have to. Well, I mm-hmm. had to implement some of that into this program too. And then I knew how to do it because of the past experiences God had provided for me. Wow. And there were many times that I would say to the Lord, I don't know how to do this. And it was like stretch and grow and learn to do it. Or here's your help. Yep. Like you re- referenced the 501c3. 
So when I put that out there verbally out loud, maybe I should do a 501c3. Then I had someone that said, well, here's the lawyer that'll help you do this. Right. And so I met with this lawyer and she gives me this stack of papers. That's like three inches deep. And, and she said, you just need to fill this out. It's like, okay. Yeah. Just, just, (laughs) just, that was overwhelming to me. However, I went home a few days later, said, okay. I said, everything else aside. And I said, Lord, I'm just going to read through this and then we'll, I'll deal with it. So I just read through it to get familiar with what I needed to do and realized that in the first reading through, half of it didn't apply to me. So I got rid of half the papers. Then the next day I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to go through and answer the questions I can. Those I can't, I'm going to flag according to what I need. So I either needed an accountant, legal, or administrative. So I flagged those and God brought those people into my life and there's the rest of it. So on the first go round to apply for a 501c3, the government granted it to Soul Care for Souls. And people have said to me, how in the world did you do that on just one go round? Right. It was God. Yeah. It was God. Yeah. And, and, Yes, he has stretched and grown me many times, oh, man. but then many times he has just said, here's your help. Yeah. And being willing to share that dream with others and allow them to help is, is huge. I, mm-hmm. I love that picture behind you. Um, I, in my dream accelerator, I, one of the principles that we teach when people are, are overwhelmed, they feel like it's not theirs to do and trying to build to trust that it's been given to them to do is I, I keep reminding them to go back to their who, go back to the, the people that they are going to serve or that they are serving, the reason the dream exists to serve people and to create an avatar. And you walked into that avatar at that, at that uh, event that night by saying, it's just too crowded in here. And you walked around the corner and there was the picture of your who. And I love that you have gotten that picture and put it in your office. And I'm sure it reminds you of your childhood in Philadelphia, the importance of the work you're doing, the people that you're blessing because of uh, your work with Soul Care for Souls. You are very in tune with your who. Who is this for, right? Who is this? Who is Soul Care for Souls for? Um, I just love that. I love that you have that picture there. That's so inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're in the middle of a transition right now. Um, you have been working at this for 16 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you God has been preparing you from your teenage years for this for this moment. He's preparing you now for another transition in your life. Would you talk a little bit about about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I plan to retire in April of 2022, and I want to see this program continue. Um, If I could speak just a little bit about what exactly we're doing when we provide this care. Yeah, please, please, please. We're taking care of both souls. So S-O-L-E, obviously, we're taking care of their feet, but the S-O-U-L-S, the the heart portion of it, their feet give us access to their heart. Yes. So as a client comes into our workspace, they're first greeted by an assistant who is non-medical. They're just compassionate people that want to help. So they greet this person and we are intentional about knowing people's names, about sitting next to them, never standing over them and talking to them, but we sit next to them Mm. and we have eye contact. We want this person to feel valued and important. And they, our assistant will talk to the client, brief intake form, um, name, date, where we're at. And then the most important thing on that form, their prayer request. We tell them that we have a prayer team that will be praying for them over the coming week. What is going on in your life that we can be praying about? So that's how we take care of that soul. 
at the time that we're with them, if, if everybody feels comfortable, if you feel called, we'll pray for them right then. But definitely for the coming week, we pray for them. So now to my retirement, obviously, I want this program to, be, to continue. But also, I have had so many clients praying over the years that their prayer request is for soul care to always be there. That's, mm-hmm. that's a lot of our clients' prayer requests is that soul care is always there. So God is answering that. And in 2012, one of the care sites that we started was um, at a place called Cedar Crest Church in Bloomington, Minnesota. And mm-hmm. we set up our care sites where people are going for other services. So we're one more thing that they can access. So at this location is a food shelf and a community meal run by Sean Morrison, who's the executive director of Good in the Hood. And hood is not a derogatory term, it's the apostrophe hood, so it's short for neighborhood. The Good in the Neighborhood, as Sean says, was already taken by Mr. Rogers, so he went with Good in the Hood. Yeah. So anyway, in 2012, I met Sean Morrison, and so then Soul Care and Good in the Hood partner at this site over the next eight years. So now I'm thinking about my retirement and how is soul care going to continue without my presence and without me? How are we going to do that? Well, Sean just happened to be on our board of directors. And so then we started to have a conversation about soul care becoming a program of good in the hood. And after much discussion and much prayer, we moved forward with that transition. December 1st of 2020, Soul Care's 501c3 status dissolved and Soul Care became an official program of Good in the Hood. So now we have Sean and his wife, Jamie, as leadership administrative lead over Soul Care. And I can proudly say we have found my replacement. We have a new medical manager that will be starting December 1st of 2021. Wow. And then we'll have four months of transition of me out and her in. So God is wow. so good. It is so amazing watching him work and how he brought Londa in. Londa is the new medical manager. The One of the first times I met her, that she wanted to acquire clinical hours to start her own foot care business. Mm-hmm. But then once she had one day with us, she wanted to volunteer with us as well, which was good. And just a few times into knowing her, she said, you know what I'd really like is your job. <laughs> she, had, she had no idea that that's we were old. looking for my replacement. Right. So that's how God works. He had it uh, in her heart that that's what she should be doing. Because that's what I had told the board of directors and my volunteers. I said, as clearly as God called me into soul care, he's calling me out. Mm. And if he's calling me out, it's because he's calling someone else in. So I need to step aside so this next person can be called in. And that's what the Lord did. He brought Londa in. She is the next one. Wow. So it's soul care has never been mine. It is always God's. He wow. asked me to start it. And then he asked Sean and Jamie now to manage it. And he's asking Londa to run the clinical site. It's never been mine. It's his. He entrusts it to us, doesn't he? He does. Our heart-centered uh, efforts and dreams are not ours. We're stewards of those dreams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love it. Um, I want to hear some stories um, about some of your clients. Mm. I want to hear some of the some of the the moments that you've experienced through the years. What kind of transformation have you seen? What kind of transformative moments for you have you seen? Because that's the other thing. When we work on our dreams, it's not always just about helping others, I, I, and I, you just from the way you pay attention to the details of sitting beside someone instead of over them and eye contact, uh, you're partners with people. You're providing care, but there is a, there's a reciprocal nature to your, to your ministry too. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
tell us some stories um, that pop into your head right now about some of your clients through the years. Oh, there's so many of them. I love, I love my clients so much. They are, and that's why um, for sure. And I've, I started telling some of the people, some of the clients, obviously everybody within soul care knows I'm retiring, but I've started telling some of the clients about it. And I said, you know, the only difference that you're going to, you're not going to really see a difference. I said, because what do I want to do when I retire? I want to volunteer for soul care. (laughs) (laughs) That was my next question. I love it. (laughs) So I said, I won't have administrative duties. I just get to come do my favorite part. I get to come and see my friends. And and they they are my friends, people that I've gotten to know. And even if it's just the first time you ever meet them, we want them to know that that we welcome them into our soul care family to the point that we ring a cowbell when they join us for the first time. If it's if it's a client's first time with us, we literally have a little cowbell that we ring and everybody cheers. I love it. And we tell them you you are officially a part of our family. Um, one thing I never addressed was how much we charge our clients. And we love to kind of jerk their chain a little bit after we've got their feet in the water and we've started caring for them the first time. And then we'll say, well, did they tell you how much this costs? And they're like, no, what? We say a hug if you're comfortable and tell your friends about us. That's what we charge. Give us a hug if you're comfortable and then please tell your family and friends about us. So they do. So. One of my favorite stories is hilarious. This man that came in and we'd known this gentleman for a long time, um, came in, we took care of his feet and we said, well, Henry, you never told us what your prayer concern is today. And he said, for healing after my surgery. And they said, well, when was your surgery? Just two days ago. Oh my gosh. When did you get out of the hospital? Well, I didn't. He (laughs) He left his hospital room, went outside for a cigarette. Hopped a bus, came down for foot care, and his plan was to go back to the hospital. Oh my goodness! So <laughs> we have we have crazy things like that. Uh-huh. We have people that hear about us at the bus stop. We have you know people that come in and and just are brokenhearted over you know the death of their mom, or this happened in their family, or that happened in their family. And they're not there for foot care. They're there for soul care, mm. the heart. They are there to be comforted. They know, they know they can come into our room for love and acceptance and prayers. Um, they can come see us every four to six weeks for physical foot care. But we tell them you can come in our room every week for prayers. And, and sometimes they do that. They just need a friendly face. They just they just need a hug sometimes, just like we do. Yeah. You know, right. Sometimes I have a bad day and I just need my husband to give me a hug and hold me. That's well, right. what do you do you, what do you do if you're on the streets and you're by yourself and you haven't been touched for a long time? Mm-hmm. One of the stories that one of our assistants that breaks her heart and it makes her cry every time she tells it is there was a gentleman I had provided care for. And when we were finished with care, I gave him a hug and he had tears in his eyes. And he said that he had just been released from prison. And this was the first physical touch he had had in months. He'd never been touched for months and months. And it just, so to to break through some of those barriers and, um, to, to share life with people. If we just see them one time, we want to make it meaningful. If they come back to us a bunch of times over the years, that's wonderful too. And it just develops the relationships deeper. And they're, they're just such beautiful people. There's The only difference between my clients and me is a few dollars and a, and a life circumstance or two. That's the only difference. They have birthdays, they have anniversaries, they have, you know, celebrations, they have funerals, um, you know, they've got life like we do. 
And while some of our population that we care for are those homeless, it's also people staying in the area that are just financially constrained, that they can't afford to have this care done. And, and some of the feet, I mean, I can't show you pictures on this podcast, but some of the feet, I and mean, we have transformed them. You know, they'll say, you know, it's like getting a new set of tires. Right. You know, it. The I take I, I have this I have this picture as you're talking about the upper room on Monday Thursday um for those of you who are listening that may not know that story about Jesus life the day before he was um executed the day before he was crucified he he washed feet and he at the end of that and of course he gets to one of his followers, one of his disciples, Peter. And Peter says, no, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. You're not. And we can see the human pride in that, right? There's a vulnerability when we offer our feet to another person to care for, right? There's a, there's a deep humility that happens with that on both sides, the, the, the one who's washing and the one who is offering up their feet. And I was having that picture and thinking about Jesus' words at the end of that. He said, uh, you will be blessed if you do this. <laughs> I have modeled this for you tonight. It was more than just an exercise. He's saying, I want you to go and wash feet. I want you to go and take care of feet. And we, so often in the church space, we, we, make, that, we make that symbolic. like. We, maybe he's not calling you to wash feet, but he's calling you to serve people. But I love that, Kathy, in your story, I mean, literally, he was calling you to take care of feet. <laughs> and then as, as an entry point to the soul of a person to understand that they 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 belong, they've, they're valued by God mm-hmm. and by their fellow human beings. I just so inspired by your story. I want to ask you if you can, I don't know, maybe you can't, um, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So tell me how many volunteers, how many assistants, how many, and I, there's a reason I'm going here, um, how many nurses in your team of servants are in and serving in soul care for souls? Currently, we have about 50 active volunteers. 50. Okay. Mm-hmm. And no one gets paid. No, just me. No one gets paid. Um, and we did start a new site recently up in St. Cloud. So, and wow, that you're, was, wow, that you're was, expanding out of the cities. Wow. Yeah. It was started by a couple that had served at one of our other locations. And then life took them other states for a little while. And then they settled in St. Cloud and they really missed the soul care programming. And they decided, and they're a, a physician's assistant and a nurse, husband, wife. and they wanted to start their own foot care clinic in St. Cloud. So they called and said, can you help us work through this? And I said, I'd be happy to help you start your own. Or if you just want to do a soul care sister site in St. Cloud, I'll help you set that up. Because that was a way that we had envisioned expanding it in the future was these sister sites. Sister sites. It's allowed us uh what do I want to say? It's allowed us a real easy way to softly launch a sister site. So if you're listening, if you're listening to this podcast right now, and this has sparked a dream in you that you've been thinking about, um, is it possible for people to start sister sites working with you that may, maybe not even in Minnesota? Absolutely. Wow. That's the, that's the, Big That's the dream. big vision. That's a big dream. That's the big dream. I love and it. I, I have always known that I didn't possess what's needed to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I see that's one reason God wants me to step aside to get the other people in that can do the big dream. And wow. he is Kathy, actually that is... doing things right now to make that happen. So wow. yes, yeah. yes, to start sister sites wherever. Oh, and, my and, and my my clients that come from other states will say, Oh my gosh, nobody else has this. No, we need this everywhere. Why aren't you here? Why aren't you there? Why aren't you 
Okay. Yeah. So okay. It, it is greatly needed. Greatly, yes. greatly needed. Let me. Um, so, fifty volunteers. How many clients have? How many clients have you served through the years? Over twenty four thousand. Whoa! Wow. And the reason I'm asking this is I want to make. I just want to make a point. So, I want to go back to that part where you said the day one you go to that back hallway. I'm just trying to picture that, right? With your towels and your $600 worth of equipment and you wheel it in and you sit down and you just say, Lord, just give me one. Just give me one person today. That's where the dream started. That is, that just really speaks to me. And he gave you five on day one and now 50 volunteers 24,000 plus clients, Mm -hmm. a new town, a new city, St. Cloud, and who knows how many other cities uh, and other places around the globe are going to be a part of this soul care for souls. God God knows. Thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness, Kathy, in, in listening, listening well and obeying. Um, so I tell people this in the Dream Accelerator and trying to get people into the Dream Accelerator. I say, you know, what what happens if you don't do this? You you're so many people when they have a dream or they have this spark that God has given them, right? They immediately jump to, oh my gosh, what's going to happen if I do this? What's going to fail? Um, what am I going to lose? But they, they don't always ask the question, what will happen if I don't do this? What would happen if I don't pursue this? And I just want to point out, if Kathy wouldn't have said yes to this dream that was placed in her heart, I would say even as a teenager, even before she knew what it totally was, if she wouldn't have said yes along the way, 24,000 plus people, 50 volunteers, and we're just getting started. Um, so you guys, as you're listening to this, you've got to, you've got to think about that side of the question too. What's going to happen if you don't invest in this, if you don't pursue it? I always tell people to don't ever be afraid of what God asks you to do because it's what he created you to do. Mm. And I tell people, I am the perfect example of this. If I was not created to take care of feet. I would not be passionate about what I'm doing because, you know, okay, when you're looking for volunteers in our program, okay, first they need to be Christ followers because of our prayer aspect. And then, okay, so if I'm looking for the nurses, so first I got to find the Christians. Now I got to find the nurses. Now I got to find the nurses that'll touch feet. Yeah. And there's a lot of that say, I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm not. mm Mm-mm. What is so important about feet? What What's so important about feet to you? As a nurse, what is really important about feet is their feet take them everywhere they go, everywhere. And so are yours and mine. And yeah. we don't think about them unless it hurts. You know, if if I get up in the morning and, and my feet feel fine, I don't think about them when I when they hit the floor. You know, I'm just off and running and starting my day. But if, say, I'd been on a long hike the day before and I have a blister, well, when my foot hits the floor, I go, ouch, that's right, I got that blister there, that hurts. Okay, now think about if you're that person that is living on the streets and everywhere you go, your feet have to take you. And every step you take hurts. Pretty soon you start limping. Pretty soon you have a knee that hurts or a back or a hip. Something else is hurting because you're trying to compensate. Or maybe you've developed an infection where there used to be a blister and now it's infected. Maybe the person has diabetes and they get this infection. Have we saved, potentially saved limbs because of the foot care we're doing? Yes. Yes, we have. Because we've seen that example in a couple of our clients. Mm -hmm. And so healthy feet make for a healthy body. Yeah. So it's medically, it is very important. So foundational. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's that spirit. There's a soul aspect to it too. I would imagine it's, it's just, 
it's so it's such a vulnerable space to share your feet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to put your feet into the hands of another human being there's such there's something so deep and vulnerable about that mm-hmm. we always finish our care with a foot massage and mm-hmm. and just like if you rub someone's shoulders and there's tension you can feel it crunching you know how that is yeah, you can yeah. rub that out their feet are the same way you can feel tension in their feet and you can rub that out and relax their feet and it helps their whole body relax. Yeah. And I don't know about the pressure points and all of that, but there's those that know the pressure points. You can only imagine that you're, you're enhancing other organs and other circulatory things going on as well. Yeah. So we are really helping their physical health and, and just that touch. I, I love mm. to, when I'm finishing up my, my foot care, if God has really drawn me into this person's space a lot, some, some sessions are really a lot more depth of soul, the, the, the heart care. Mm-hmm. And when I finish their care, they don't know it, but I put a cross on the bottom of their foot as I'm finishing their foot care. I put a cross on the bottom of their foot. So yeah, I want the them name, to know in, that Jesus is walking with them. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to speak directly. You've done that throughout this um, podcast, but I'd like to give you a chance right now to speak directly to my listeners, the people who are checking in, maybe have their own heart-centered dream that they've been maybe resisting. Um, overtly or covertly resisting God's voice to tell them to go and do something that's going to make a difference. Um, What would you like to say to them? I would just strongly encourage them. Like I was saying, whatever God's calling them to do, it will bring them great joy. It's not going to be easy. No, it's not easy, but uh, it brings great joy, great joy, great inner peace, great communion with our Lord. Mm. It it provides purpose for your life. You'll have passion for what you're doing. There's nothing like having passion for what you're doing mm-hmm. to help you get through those icky days. Like, oh, I hate administrative work. It helps me get yeah. through those days. Uh-huh. So it's just, and he will stretch and grow you. And and sometimes he'll just gift you with a person to help. Yeah. And you just have to keep your eyes open. And and the other thing, too, is don't be getting too big on the dream. Just be right in the moment. And some some businesses are made to be small. And they're very successful because they're small. And that was one of the discussions I would have with my board of directors over the years of as they would think about growing it bigger. And I knew I wasn't the person. And I just wanted to go deep. I wanted to go deep with this program. And I said, I'd rather be deep than wide. So Mm -hmm. let's go deep. And I think what happened over that time then was the program got very solidly developed. And now that it's solid, now if God chooses, it can go bigger. So likewise, for the listeners, don't be thinking success is based on numbers. Mm-hmm. It's based on your heart, your servant attitude, and the depth that you put into it. Yeah. And what it whatever it is that you want to do, it, you know, a coffee shop on the counter on the corner is as successful as Starbucks across the country or the world. That's right, because it's what you've been designed to do. Right. Right. <clears throat> wow. We, we were just having our um, coaching session, the Dream Accelerator, last night, and one of our big conversations was um, going before you know. Um, there was a, a client that was trying to build the perfect, the perfect program before they launched, and I love your story. It, you went. You just went, and it got developed as you went. Your, your program, all of the ways that your volunteers interact, that didn't happen from day one. You discovered that as you went. Mm-hmm. And that's how it got deep. 
It got deep by going, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, always listening to other people's ideas too. It's like when new volunteers come in, right? I always, I always encourage them, ask questions. If you see a better way of doing something, please yes. tell me. Yes. Sometimes, sometimes the reason we do it is because we've always done that. Sometimes I have a real good reason. Yeah, right. Sitting beside someone, looking them in the eyes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Just awesome. I could talk to you all day long. We'll probably have you come back after your retirement and uh, have you back on the podcast again. You're delightful. Thank you for spending time with me and uh, sharing your life and sharing this this valuable ministry um, with our listeners. How can people get a hold of you if they want to talk about setting up a sister site or they want to learn more about what you're doing? Uh, my email address is Kathy with a K at goodinthehood.org. Or they can go to the Good in the Hood website, um, look at their programming tab, and you'll find Soul Care for Souls in there. Goodinthehood.org is the website. Awesome. Yep. Kathy Beeson, what a, a delight to speak with you today. Thank you, God, for introducing me to this wonderful, wonderful servant. Um, you know, it was just three days ago, I had no idea that this existed. And now I'm just like, wow, this is so cool. Uh, so thankful. So thanks again for joining me. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Jeff. Absolutely. Hey, fellow dreamer. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Head over to my website, jeffmeyer.org, for all of the show notes and links. And when you're ready to move from overthinking about your dream to actually taking action on it, consider joining the Dream Accelerator community. Our clients are getting crystal clear on their dream with our Dream Generator Vivid Description 5-Step Process. They're discovering the truth about fear and how to use it as fuel to take courageous steps in the right direction. And most importantly, they are walking a clear path forward because they have made an investment in themselves to confidently realize their dreams. The results are so inspiring. Having coaching and companions on the dream journey is crucial. Remember, fear will come, fear will stay. Move forward anyway.